Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Troy Noons is an Absolute Podcast. Syracuse Sports Make Me Drink. I'm John Casillo, and with me, as always, is Dan Lyons. Hello, everyone. Happy we, we've won a ranked game since our last conversation week. We've also lost two ranked games since our last conversation week. Yeah, well. It happens. <laughs> it happens, but I think we were really looking for the one, and unfortunately, it was the least of the three. It was like the, the least impressive of the three. Um, but we did it pretty, pretty, uh, pretty clearly, like a twenty-point win over Louisville. Um, and like, while obviously you don't like to lose to Duke and UNC, I think both teams were like respectable enough that I don't think people are like out in the team. Yeah, I don't think people are out in the team, though. Admittedly, like the comments looked pretty pissed off last night. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, that, that game was tough. Like, yeah. I think, I mean, I was, I was like kind of losing my mind, mostly because like the refereeing I thought was, and I, I really don't like being this guy. The refereeing was horrendous. <laughs> like really really awful the whole time um and then like obviously getting out rebounded like we did and then missing free throws the way we did um are just like two very easy ways to have, like lose your fan base right um that being said like the, the free throw thing obviously i don't think we're a great free throw shooting team but i'm pretty sure we're better than that i mean i don't think we've we've been like a, a team that's that's lost too many games at the line this year um and the rebounding thing, like, we're not a good rebounding team, but, like, and that's always the strength of UNC. Um, but it needs to be better. Uh, we can't get that kind of an effort where we're getting, I think we finished, what, like, 26, 27 rebounds in the game. Um, that's not acceptable. Um, but overall, like, the fact that we were in that game and we, we played, um, you know, obviously our normal brand of spotty, but occasionally pretty effective offense. Um, and you know, how it had it within 10 at the end. And, and obviously I think it was probably not quite as close as like maybe the final score indicated, but you know, we were in that game for pretty much the entire thing. UNC put it away late. So um, yeah, like I, I think we're a team that can pretty much play with anyone as we've proven with the two Duke games with the UNC game. We'll see about Virginia, but we also, um, if we're, if we, you know, come out sleepwalking and we come out cold, like we could also lose big against a lot of teams, which is, you know, staring that this team has a, a very wide range of what it can do, um, which will make it an interesting one in March. But uh, I think we're all still trying to figure things out, although these two games don't bother me nearly as much as pretty much every other loss of the year. Yeah, I mean, admittedly, like I think the the, the script for opposing teams is start hot um, and, and then hope you can kind of bury us early because if SU is forced to play catch up. Um, it's probably not going to work, at least by traditional means. Like, we're not a team that can that can really score quickly. We're not a team that can rely solely on the three. Um, we had to for an extended stretch of the first half yesterday, and it worked. But then, as soon as you know Elijah Hughes stopped really hitting the way he was, um, you kind of saw saw everything kind of go off the rails. So, like, I, I agree with you. I'm not necessarily discouraged by the losses to Duke and North Carolina. I'm more discouraged by the UNC loss. If I if I am at all though, because it was such a you know chronicle of just missed opportunities, um, as you mentioned, uh, some big struggles from the free throw line. Um, Elijah Hughes was zero for three from the line. Um, O'Shea Brissett was zero for five. We had you know Tyus Battle go eleven for fourteen, which like that's not bad. But then the only other player to take free throws was uh, Marek Dolzhai, who took two. Like there the, the, there just wasn't the, the the effort at the free throw line just was belied a, a larger issue with just finishing the job um but you know like once SU finally started driving the lane like 
that that was a great wrinkle that should have you know really opened up things on the perimeter instead um, we weren't really getting calls inside um, except when battle was was actively you know going at defenders trying to, to to get fouled but also and this is something that you know a lot of players are guilty of not just Syracuse ones but like unlike others like he was going up strong with the intent to score not just going up to try to draw contact um, and, and that's what kind of sets battle apart, I think, as a scorer from the rest of these guys um, and, and a lot of other players around the country in many cases. So uh, it, it was it, it was disheartening to see the wheels come off, but it was nice to see that SU could hang with you know Duke and North Carolina for, for much of those games, and obviously they beat Duke earlier this year. Um, the Louisville game that you briefly mentioned earlier, I think, was one of the more fun Syracuse wins in, in maybe years. Uh, if only because it took me back to kind of the, the, the glory days of, uh, of, you know, 08, 09 through like the 25 game winning streak where like we could blow the doors off an opponent. We could have a lot of fun. We could score, you know, we didn't score a ton of points in that game, obviously, but like locked, you have lockdown defense and timely shooting. Um, that was a really fun game. And again, one of the more fun ones I've had in a while. Uh, so I'm hoping that, while SU is not going to trend towards that every game, I hope that they can get something near that, um, at least as we get towards the uh, kind of closing stretch here. Yeah, and that, this isn't to take away like the fact that they just played back-to-back top five teams um, in, a, in the span of, what, four days? So it was always going to be a tough stretch. Um, we were always going to be, you know, we, we, we basically played to... Uh, what was expected? I think we did we cover both games. I know that's not that important to a lot of people, but we did. I think cover both games, so like we kept yeah. things pretty close where we were letting games get away from us in in, in weeks past, which um, you know does mean something for the net rating, um, and I think just means something in terms of like you know the, the other losses were so demoralizing. I think in part because we were just like letting other teams bury us. And these games, I thought we did show more fight. Um, I agree with you. The UNC thing was was tougher. Duke, Duke beat us because RJ Barrett is amazing and was a, ended up being like a perfect player in the middle of the zone. And I don't mind losing because the number one or number two player in the country goes off. Like that's gonna happen. That's college basketball. Uh, I'm not gonna be offended by that. Um, UNC obviously UNC is super talented and and I think probably of all the ACC teams is the one we struggle with the most. Um, but. Uh, on a, like overall, since we joined the conference, I think we've only beaten them maybe once. Um, yeah, UNC were one and eight against them since we joined the league, and that one win was in the first matchup. Yeah, and, and a lot of them have been rough. I think uh, obviously we had the uh, the final four game, which was you know they 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 it was close for a bit, but they ran away with it. I think last year's ACC tournament game was pretty competitive. Yeah, um, but ultimately it has not been a very close series compared to like even the Duke game, um, Virginia of the last couple of years. Um, UNC has been rough. This is probably one of the more close performances we've had. But you know, if we if we shoot respectably from the free throw line, we're right there. If we don't get out rebounded by twenty and only get out rebounded by ten, we're probably right there. Um, if O'Shea Percet scores more points than field goal attempts, um, there's a lot of things. O'Shea just drove me nuts last night. It's over five from the free throw line, five for eleven. You can deal with, but you can't like this was a he was a weapon at the line last year, and just like looking at his numbers this year. It's just been, and this isn't just him. I think you can say similar things about Frank. You can say similar things about um, Pastel. Um, we just haven't seen the improvement in a lot of players that I think we were banking on just based on how you know college basketball players develop from year to year. Um, I think Tyus is really the only guy that you can't uh, really make it ripe with. Obviously, I don't think his numbers are that much better than last year, but I do think um, 
you know, he's at least like similar and he still has that killer instinct. He makes huge shots last night included. Um, O'Shea's like stall out here this season, I think has been among the more disappointing things. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about this a little bit. I think, you know, part of it may be attributable to the shot coach stuff. Um, part of it's just like, I think he might've been a, focused a little too much on like certain parts of the game. Like when he was looking at, uh, the NBA for a bit, like, I, I still feel like he, he has the, he has the ceiling of someone who could, who could end up in the NBA. But, but I, I think he's far from the player that maybe we thought he was going to round into, um, at this point. And I definitely find that to be confusing and frustrating. And yeah, like, like over five from the line is, is, is a small part of a much larger issue. Um, and I don't really, I don't really understand, like h- how it gets to this point. It's over five for the night. He was one for four against Duke. He didn't go to the line against Louisville or NC State. Um, it's it, like all of his numbers. The only things that have ticked up are his free, his field goal percentage, which was pretty bad last year, thirty five percent, mostly because he didn't finish at the rim. Is up to thirty nine percent, which is still not great, but it's better. Right. Um, and he's he's almost doubled his assists, which is nice. Because um, last year he was pretty much looking to go to the basket every time he got the ball, but his three point percentage is down from a you know mediocre but still like you know serviceable thirty three percent last year to twenty six this year. He's actually taking fewer. It probably doesn't seem that way because he he misses so often, but he is taking fewer than he did last year. Um, his rebounds are down both over uh, per game and per 40 minutes. His points are down uh, per game and per 40 minutes. Um, his blocks are slightly up. His steals are down. Like, it's just, like, you expect, maybe maybe it was too much that, to, to ask him to go from, like, 15 and 9, which is basically what he had last year, to, like, 18 and 10. But if he was at 15 and 9 again this year, I think we'd be <laughs> like, all right, well, he didn't, like, totally improve, but he's playing fewer minutes. And... You know, he's still like a really, really serviceable number two player, and he's just not that this year. And he just disappears in too many games. Um, Elijah, obviously, I think has probably passed him in terms of being our second best player. He's been a little more consistent recently, but I think we have a better feel for what we're getting from him game to game. Um, O'Shea's just vacillates very wildly, and we do, I think we've just seen more lows than highs from him recently, which is very disappointing because he was so consistent last year. Yeah, I, I think that that just been. You know, and something I mentioned on Twitter during the games, and a lot of other people mentioned too, like not having a a player that you can rely on, even as the second guy, never mind like the third and fourth. Like I, I think you know, you and I and, and everybody else going into the season thought, okay, like Battles, you're 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 certifiable number one. You have you know Brissett and and Howard put up similar numbers to what they did last year. Add in someone like Elijah Hughes, and you're good. Like at, at the very least, like you're scoring like three to five more points. Um, per game than you were the previous season. Uh, instead, what we've seen is, you know, Frank's regression due to injury, Brissett's regression due to a variety of other things, Yu's uh, being incredibly inconsistent, um, and, and it leaves a lot of it to battle. I mean, you know, the, the first half was, was largely a team effort, but it's one that was led by Elijah Hughes. The second half, the only reason SU was able to stay in that game for any extended period of time was because battle went into, you know, F this, I'm going in mode. Uh, as he often has to, uh, and, and, and he succeeds really well there. But at some point, you know, the other teams are going to double him and they're going to force other players to hit shots. And, and you know, once again, uh, nobody else could really hit them when it counted. You know, battle was kind of relied on as, as the sole source of offense in the second half. Yeah, and, and Tyus was great. I thought that was a Tyus that we've, he's been pretty quiet, I think, over the last couple of weeks. I, I 
the one guy I really don't like to criticize this team is Tyus, is he so much has been laid in his shoulders once again, which we were hoping was not going to be the case. And I think he's played extremely hard um, and has put together a really nice season, um, regardless of like what the expectations were. Um, but he really he went off against a very tough defense and scored 29, hit a ton of big shots, hit four big threes, was the only guy producing from the line. He had five rebounds and five assists, which was not really a part of his game last year, as he's kind of taken over that de facto. I, I, I almost don't even hesitate to call him like the de facto starting point guard now um, because we've moved Frank off ball a little bit more than we had been. Um, probably not what we want to do, but it's just kind of been by necessity based on how the team has played. Uh, so yeah, it, it's like Tyus was great last night, and if we had just gotten one more guy to, to have a, a really great game, or in, in Elijah's case, a, a great second half, um, we probably win that game or come out come really close. And and honestly, like Elijah was good in the first half, so I think he catches a little bit of a break. The only other guy who I think played up to his potential was Marek, who is is probably our second most consistent player in terms of like what you expect from him. Um, and after that, it's it, it was just really tough. And uh, I think O'Shea and Frank are the two that you're done to point to. And obviously there are, you know, we, we know all about the injuries from Frank earlier in the year. But um, at this point, like, he's playing enough where you hope he's he's pretty much healthy, even if it doesn't look it. Like, you, you trust that he's somewhere close. And uh, it's just not the same player that we even had last year. Another guy who, like, you know, if if he had just repeated last season, I think we'd be probably off to like a four, five or six seed. And and I think we're still in good shape for the tournament, so I'm not super worried about it. But it's just, you know, it's disappointing based on what we thought we were getting. Um, and that being said, we, we know as well all too well, things are, are often remembered for what you do in the tournament. And if we make the Sweet 16 or, or even take things farther this year, which is on the table based on matchups, then we won't really care about any of this. But um, for now, it's it's I think we're we're okay with where we, we are considering – what it looked like when we were like nine and four with a couple bad non-conference losses, but it's just tough because it could be so much more. And a win over UNC, like I think we'd be pretty much rubber stamped. And the the questions would be like, oh, how high can we get here if we go on a little bit of a run in the season? Do we get up to like a five seed? And that's that's hard to see now. Must be like beat Virginia and maybe win out. Yeah, I, I think those are all fair points there. Um, you know, we, we said it before the Duke game, we said it before the UNC game, we said it before some of the other games earlier in the season too, but I think this stretch, you know, and you and I were talking about it last week, we said like, okay, like if you win one of these, like Louisville's the most attainable one, um, and, and it's the one that doesn't, that doesn't necessarily lock you in, but it, but it gets you pretty close. Um, if you beat UNC on the road, yeah, I think you're definitely in. Right now, looking at, uh, looking at bracketology, uh, we'll get to kind of some bracket picks in a few, but... Like, looking at it right now, Dan, like, where do you have us? Uh, do you think we're an 8 or a 9? I know I've seen kind of most of the predictions be in that general range. I think that's right. I think without, like, looking, you know, piece by piece, I'd probably say we're, like, a 9-ish. That feels right. Um, I know it's pretty much consensus. I think we're, like, 8 or 9. Some people have us at 10. I'm not going to, like, freak out about any of that. But that seems about right. Um, I think we're a we're an 8-9, and we're probably a, a pretty scary one. But... Um, that's like the one thing that I'll, I'll hang my hat on is like, I, even with Duke, like, is anyone super afraid of playing Duke? I think we talked about it earlier. Obviously I don't want to play Duke if I can avoid it, but like, I'm not terrified. <laughs> like I, we know we can beat them. Um, well, I think, we, I, I think, I think full strength Duke, I want no part of. No, I'd rather not play them. But, but I don't think we're going to get full strength Duke for the rest of the season. I mean, and even if we do, like 
the odds are you're not going to get, I mean, there's a very good chance we don't get the RJ performance we got this for the second time, and there's a good chance we don't get the Zion performance we got the first time. Um, but, like, either way, when you're playing a one seed like that, you know, you're, you're going to be a, a big underdog. And I think for all of the, um, all of the like, talk of how good that team is uh, and of any, uh, any team, this is a team where I think we're veteran enough and we're kind of savvy enough that if we play our A game, like, I'm not going to, like, there's no team that, that going into the game, I'm like, oh, there's no way we can beat them. And in years past, it seemed like there, there's more of that, which is, which is nice. Because um, I do think this team still has a very high ceiling if things click. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think that this team might be wildly inconsistent, but they also, when it gets to the NCAA tournament time, are more experienced than most, and they have a scheme that obviously isn't easy to plan for, especially on short rest. And I know some people brought this up on Twitter that, like, you know, SU, you don't really know you don't want to be an 8 or 9 seed, but if there was any team that would be able to succeed in that uh, situation better than most, it would probably be Syracuse and using its zone as long as it's not facing, and, and for the most part it would not, you know, as long as you're not facing an ACC team or a team familiar with it from the last couple of years, like, you do ha- hold a little bit of an advantage, you know, facing a one seed in round two where you've got two days max uh, to prep for that, so... Like, I, I agree with you. I think that, that this team, again, wildly inconsistent, but also, like, because of its tournament experience, because of the zone, uh, because of the players on this team, I, I think that there's there, there's absolutely always a chance to go on a run. And, and that's the infuriating part, you know, for non-Syracuse fans, too, is that it doesn't really matter what this team uh, does during the regular season as long as it does enough to get in, and then the rest sort of takes care, care of itself uh, to some extent, obviously matchup dependent. Yeah, so I mean that's 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 like the silly thing about college basketball is we can like gnash teeth about uh, the regular season all we want, and you know you go to the elite eight unexpectedly, and you're you're pretty pretty thrilled. <laughs> like it's it all comes down to this this one this uh, one off tournament, which is probably a uh, you know uh, in terms of fairness not not the best way to do things, but it's so much fun and um, oh I hate this tournament from a fairness standpoint. Oh, it's it's horrendous from a fairness standpoint. It's it's like an F for fairness and an A plus for <laughs> entertainment, and I think we've probably benefited more often, honestly, than we've we've especially recently we've benefited more from it than not. Um, Grant, early on, I think we were probably on the opposite side of that, but um, yeah, it kind of like it's the great equalizer in terms of like you can have a, a wholly underwhelming four months and then you have two good weeks and you're and you're golden, and we do have that that feather in our cap of the zone is such a a bizarre thing for most teams to, to try to cope with. Um, I'm looking at like the eight nine lines, like the teams that we might play in the first round. The only matchups that like kind of worry me: St. John's has played against us a bunch recently, yeah. not this year. Um, and uh, Ole Miss has Kermit, uh, who played us with MTSU. Obviously, we blew him out, but he has seen it uh, in the postseason. Um, so yeah, like oh, and Louisville, but they wouldn't play us in the first round. So. Uh, yeah, like these are all teams that are going to be pretty blindsided by it. Since like there's not a, there's no there's not be any Pac-12 team around there unless someone wins the Pac-12 tournament out of nowhere. Um, Washington's probably going to be too high to be a first round opponent unless they really fall off. And the ACC is not going to match up against us until hopefully the Sweet 16, unless we get jobbed like we did with the Marquette game a couple of years ago. So yeah, like the the first round, I think will be favorable for us as long as we play like a pretty good game, and then you know you kind of let the dice fall where they may. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think you know th- th- this is just the sort of team that once again, like I I think 
for better or for worse, the the tournament format's good for us. <laughs> and, and, and you know, I I'm I'm notoriously anti the the entire enterprise because I I do think it it doesn't necessarily like I I love the first couple weekends. Everything else is kind of hit or miss though. Uh, and, 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 you know, you don't see a ton of Cinderella's past that opening weekend. There's like just, I mean, yeah, Loyola got there. We've seen some teams break through, but by and large, like that's not what's going to continue to drive the popularity of the sport. And, and like the numbers do bear that out, uh, unfortunately, uh, for, for those Cinderella's, but rather than turn this into a, a refrain against the NCAA tournament, um, I'll instead direct everyone to this word from our sponsors uh, before we jump into some ACC tournament talk. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, Dan, I was talking today, today being Wednesday, um, on Twitter uh, about where we potentially stand in ACC tournament uh, seeding, and we're actually looking pretty good for a six seed. Uh, well, pretty good for a six seed, assuming we go at least two and one. Um, you and I talked about this a little bit. Uh, and I, I've gotten opinions on both ends of this, so you know we can definitely debate a little bit. Um, as a six seed, as it currently stands, Syracuse would face Duke in round two, which would maybe, well, I guess the quarterfinals in this case, but a Duke without Zion Williamson. Um, I think this is Syracuse's best chance to get past the quarterfinals, but I'll, uh, I'll, I'll let you kind of tell me why I'm right or wrong. I mean, I think we're projecting that Zion won't be there. I, I, I think we. It's hard to know. Yeah. Um, based on, but if he's not there, uh, I think you take the matchup. Obviously, we haven't seen us play against Virginia again uh, or yet. We'll see that soon. I, I, I don't know. I, I think if Duke's at full strength, they're they're the best team in the league. I feel like UNC is a worse matchup, although we just you know did give them a pretty good run right. uh, at the Dean Dome. Um, I also like wouldn't totally bet on Vatek having the same kind of game they did against us. So, especially like a, especially away from home, right? So, like, I don't think any of these are great matchups for us, even Duke without Zion. But I, I don't think any of them are unwinnable. It's easy to just say, like, you know, Vatek will blow us out again because they did it once. But like, how many times have we seen Syracuse lose by twenty to a team and beat them the second time around? So, I mean, it, it happens like with you know decent frequency. So, I think without Zion, like, yeah, I'd, I'd be fine taking my shot against Duke, but. I think I still need to see what we do against Virginia because I could also see, you know, that being, I know they're more efficient than they often are, but they still play at such a slow pace. That could be a slog. And we've seen Syracuse win that game a couple times. So I think we, we still need to see what these teams look like come ACC tournament time, but none of them are like, I don't think any of them are, are so scary that I'm, I'm going to like write it off. And if we're in the position where we have the sit seed, we've probably locked up our NCAA tournament bid. So I'm not going to worry about it too much. Yeah, that, that's completely fair. I, I think, you know, three, like I said, three and zero or two and one, we could still end up in the sixth seed. The benefit that we have right now is that we're a game up on NC State. Though at the same time, NC State takes a tiebreaker against us. Uh, we're currently two games up on Clemson. 
Uh, and if we can just beat them in, in the season finale, uh, we'll be up three games and it won't matter. And then Louisville, we have, right now we're tied with them, but we have own the tiebreakers. So yeah, I, I agree. If, if we're at the sixth seed, that means that we've won at least two of these games. If we can get higher than that, obviously, then we've won three. And that that still requires a couple cards. Like, realistically, even a 3-0 and Syracuse team is probably going to finish sixth. Um, at best, just because of what else happens, you know, in conference and how far away we are from the teams ahead of us. But yeah, I, I think that if SU can go two and one, I, I like our odds. If we can go two and one and then win a game, or if we can win a game in the ACC tournament on top of that, then yeah, I, I, I think that you know a twenty-one win Syracuse team uh, probably finds itself in the tournament. But uh, we can talk a little bit about that in the second half when we get into some bracketology stuff. Uh, Dan, why don't we talk a little bit about beer? Cool. Um, I've had a couple of decent things since we last spoke. Um, I had a bunch of Union Jack IPAs from Firestone Walker, nice. which I know, yeah, you have a, a good amount of out there. Um, one night, people were just ordering them, so I jumped on that bandwagon, and that's always a solid choice and, and pretty accessible out here. Um, I had a half-stack IPA from Single Cut. Um, not my favorite Single Cut. It's it's more heavy, uh, harsh on the palate, but you know, they're all their IPAs are pretty good. Um, had some grapefruit sculpin, as I want to do, and had a bunch of uh, dozas from Five Burrows uh, a couple days ago. Um, Five Burrows, one of my my upcoming or my my up and coming uh, favorites out here in New York. So solid, solid week. Very nice. Yeah, I uh, on my end, I was hanging out with Andy out here, who was out here for work um, on Wednesday last week, and he and I went over to Hop Saint Brewing. Uh, right around here had a name dropper IPA over there uh, also ended up down in San Diego uh, this past weekend so I had a bunch of stuff in that general area uh, it was over at Stone had a, a fruit sour theirs uh, what sorcery is this had their uh, hop revolver series uh, Nelson Southern which was super super good it's one of their uh, like rotating IPAs what else did I had had from uh, Fall Brewing down there had uh, Devil Cat uh, New England IPA from Abnormal, had their uh, Boss Pour IPA. I uh, went over to Alesmith uh, Brewing and had a couple of theirs. Had a Mexican Speedway Stout, uh, Cinnamon Vanilla Barrel Aid Speedway Stout. Had their OBK Cherry Sour. Uh, had Juice Stand. Their, uh, it was a New England IPA, but it was like a really clean one that I actually really liked a lot. Uh, went over to McKellar uh, right around the corner. Had their Ripple Effect IPA. And their uh, bourbon barrel aged maple vanilla shake uh, imperial stout, which uh, is as sweet and kind of aggressively so as you would think. Um, also had, uh, and then I went over to Pizza Port in Carlsbad, had their locals on the IPA and their uh, Manu Bay IPA. So quite a bit of beer this week. Solidless. Hopefully yeah. Andy had a, had a good time out there. Yeah, seemed like he did. Definitely uh, seemed like he enjoyed Burbank and... Got to see some of the Marvel stuff up in the, uh, the the Disney neck of the woods. So, then I would reckon he did have it. <laughs> very, very much so. All right, so little bracketology action as we alluded to um, before the break. Uh, pulling it up now, I, I think I'm, I'm I'm skeptical yet optimistic, if that makes sense, about Syracuse in the eight nine spot. Not because I don't agree with it, because I do, um, but as far as our odds. Uh, and we'll, I guess we'll just kind of start there. Looking at uh, Krista Bertian's uh, bracketology from 226, 
That's uh, SB Nation's uh, resident bracketologist for those who don't follow his stuff. Chris is one of the most accurate, um, if not the most accurate, bracketologist on a, a year-over-year basis. So definitely somebody uh, whose you know, bracket movements you should be watching um, when trying to decide whether or not Syracuse is going to make the tournament or where they're going to be seated while there. So yeah, looking at the East here, uh, just for review, uh, Duke's number one, Tennessee two, uh, Marquette three, uh, Wisconsin four. Give me Duke and say, give me Duke, Virginia Tech is the elite eight. Yeah, I was looking at that. I'll probably lean Tennessee, although they Tennessee's looked shaky recently. Yeah. They almost lost to Ole Miss tonight. Uh, they that game I have it on with a sound off, or I had it on with the sound down. Um, looked like a pretty controversial call, and I'm basing that mostly on the fact that Ole Miss fans were throwing stuff on the court uh, after the game ended, which wasn't great. No. Um, but Tennessee's looked a little shaky. I do think they have a lot of talent. Um, Votek, I think they're going to be... They play tough defense, but um, I don't know. They're also kind of streaky, and I, I think the, the back-to-back of Arizona State Marquette, like, it, I don't think either of these teams are great, but that's a tough... Assuming both those... Or assuming uh, Marquette beats Hofstra... Um, it's kind of a tough like back to back, I think, to deal with. Um, Iowa State's interesting, but none of the Big Twelve teams I think are are really worth much in this tournament. I'd be surprised if any of them made a really huge run. Um, so yeah, I'll I'll go Duke Tennessee with the chalk pick, but I think Vatek is is definitely my my backup plan there. That's fair. Yeah, and I'll take Duke in that game, as I assume you will as well. Yeah. 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 All right, over to the Midwest, uh, the four, oh, number four bracket in this case. Um, got one Kentucky, two North Carolina, three Kansas, four Purdue. Syracuse is slotted up against Oklahoma as an eight seed here. I know in Chris's updated uh, seedings, he has this down to a nine, um, but we'll go with what's on the uh, paper right now. So uh, I think Kentucky beats Syracuse. I think Kentucky has a chance to really like kind of run Syracuse off the floor. Uh, I think that they definitely get through that top part of the bracket because I don't really believe in Purdue or Nevada. Um, over on the other side of things, I'm actually going to take... I'll take Washington to get through to the Sweet 16 um, against North Carolina, but I think UNC gets through the Elite Eight against Kentucky. And really, like, I kind of I kind of hate this because I do think Kentucky and North Carolina are two of the four best teams in the country, uh, at least right now, but... I'll take UNC over Kentucky, despite maybe my better judgment. Yeah, I'm going with the same pairing. Kentucky, UNC, I think, are just kind of definitely better than the rest of this field. I do think Syracuse, if, if Tyler Harrow had a cold game against Syracuse, I think Kentucky would have a real problem storing against us. Um, I, I think that would be a slog. I could see if we played, like, around 110 total points. Um, but if the Kentucky's on, I mean, they're super athletic and would give us a lot of trouble. I'm not going to pick the Syracuse-Washington Elite Eight, unfortunately. Uh, I will go. I do think Washington would beat Kansas, though. I, I think Kansas is, is just not well. I, I don't think they're going to put themselves well in the NCAA tournament. I think they're screwed. Um, yeah, I'm going to go Kentucky over UNC. But that's, like you said, I think those two teams are very, very good, and they're both really rounding out in the form at the right time. I know Kentucky had a stare against Arkansas last night, but overall, like I, I wouldn't want to face either of those teams uh, come March if I could avoid it. Agreed, agreed. Uh, over in the number two region, the South, uh, you got Virginia 1, Michigan State 2, LSU 3, uh, Texas Tech 4. I'll take I'll take a UVA-LSU matchup 
And I'll actually take LSU here to get to the Final Four. Um, I'm going to go. I'll do a little different just to be interesting. I, I thought Nova could actually get through. To be honest, as much as I, I think hate Nova them. could get through, I don't think they're. I don't think they're great. I just think this is a, a tough bottom bracket here. Yeah. I do like LSU. I think they're very talented. They're coming along, and I think they're kind of destined to make a run before Will Wade gets fired after he gets uh, arrested <laughs> by the FBI. Hundred um, percent. I'm going to Texas Tech on the top just to to shake it up a little bit. Um, I could see them beating UVA in like a really horrendous like 55-54 game where there's a million turnovers and uh, it's just a slog. I just think Texas Tech is, is like, every time it looks like they're about to fall apart, they, they've kind of righted the ship. They could win the Big 12. Uh, Maryland's a mess. They just got crushed by Penn State. So I, I think they will not be a five. Uh, Bel- uh, and Belmont would smoke them in any case. Belmont would be, a, would be tough. Um, so I'm going Texas Tech. I'll do Texas Tech over LSU. All right. So, uh, in the last region, the three, the West, the region I hope we end up in, although I know that's a selfish choice, um, yeah, Gonzaga is the one, Michigan's the two, Houston three, and Florida State four. I'll be honest, I really like how the Knolls have been playing. Um, I'll actually take the Knolls to get out of uh, the top of this. Um, at the bottom, I will take Michigan. I know you're kind of hot and cold on them. Um, and I actually think that the Wolverines uh, managed to get through because it is a really weird region out here, um, and, and it's it's there's a reasonable path. At the same time, it's also a reasonable path for them to get upset by Welford in the uh, in the second round. Yeah, I, I was going to take Florida State. I'm going to switch over to Gonzaga for the sake of not picking all the same teams. Um, I do like Iowa. Despite the, I like Iowa for losing to Ohio State like they did last night because that helps. <laughs> um, but I do think Iowa's quite good. Um, Louisville, if they get back like in the right direction, they've had a, a really precipitous slide recently. Um, they could do, they could make some noise. But I will go with Gonzaga uh, on the top. I'm going to go Houston over Michigan in a rematch of one of the best tournament games last year. Um, I, I just, I, Michigan just is so, they looked so good earlier in the year and they've just been so perplexing recently. Um, I do think they could be, I mean, I think they could win this whole tournament if they find that form again, but it's just been missing. I could also see Wofford making a run, honestly, um, out of the bottom here. Uh, but I will go Houston, I will go Gonzaga over Houston. That'd be, a fun, all, that'd be a fun game. Yeah, all, all uh, mid-major. Fair enough. So uh, my final four was Duke versus North Carolina on one side in a matchup that would have TV execs losing their minds uh, in, in the best way for them. And on the other side... When was the last time we had Duke-UNC in the tournament? I could not tell you. I don't know if it's ever happened. Uh, and then on the other side, um, we would have LSU against Michigan. Um, I'd probably go with... Either, I mean... I'd probably go Michigan versus North Carolina there. Maybe Michigan Duke if Zion's back and healthy. But I, I think Michigan North Carolina, and then I, I would take North Carolina to win it. No, 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 yeah, no, no, so, no surprise to the to the longtime readers and, and listeners. <laughs> um, they have not ever met in the NCAA tournament, which is actually kind of amazing. Um, they did meet in the uh, semifinal of the 1971 NIT. Uh, but never in the NCAAs, which is is kind of amazing. Um, I will go, so I have Duke uh, and Kentucky, which I've had a bunch of times, and I flip-flopped, I think, every week. Um, I will flip-flop back to Duke uh, I, if Zion's healthy, if Kentucky's 
If Zion's not healthy, um, I would take Kentucky in that matchup. And then on the other side, I have Tech Gonzaga. I would take Gonzaga, uh, setting up a rematch of Duke Gonzaga from earlier in the year. Yeah, I think that would actually be a pretty fun game. Yeah, I think I think Zags Tech would be a uh, a really rough one for the uh, people who make money on these things. But the rest of that Final Four, I think, would be pretty great for the, for, for everyone involved. Yeah, I I 100 agree. Um, okay, so as you'll note, we're both disloyal idiots. We both don't think Syracuse can upset Kentucky. So feel free to send us our hate mail because I was way more bullish on it than you were. So uh, I will that's not fair. Hate mail. I mean, I, I I I was just expecting it. We we, we get hate mail when we <laughs> we get hate mail when we talk about Syracuse doing doing good things. But anyway, like uh, play football, like football, like play football. Speaking of, of of Syracuse, the football school. Great news today. It was confirmed. I know Syracuse.com kind of mentioned it a couple days ago. Syracuse football spring practice starts on Sunday, March 3rd, and uh, the spring game set for April 13th. I'm uh, I'm pretty excited. I know you're pretty excited. Uh, once again, though, unfortunately, um, not going to be a whole lot of options for us to see much of practice given the uh, limitations for media. Yeah, it's one of those things where you just have to hope that we get some like decent details where we can find them. Um, but it's always nice to hear things, especially coming off of uh, a pretty exciting 2018 season, a pretty exciting bowl, bowl win with a preview of a lot of the fun players that we get to, to see full-time this year. Um, just hearing like how they're integrating into the offense, hearing how Tommy DeVito is as the full-time starter, um, assuming we don't pull uh, a – did you see Dabo today? said that Trevor Lawrence has to earn the job. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's, I really enjoyed that. He's just the most like – so I, I know you enjoy Dabo more than I do. I just find him to be so aggravating. Oh, I don't really enjoy. I don't mean I don't really. I, I enjoy how like how transparently like maximum coach he is all the time. Oh, like yeah. saying your 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 quarterback would be the number one pick if he could leave this year uh, has to earn the job over Chase Bryce um, is just so funny. And then he went on to like Chase, like, Chase Bryce oh. beat a top twenty. I mean, didn't Chase Bryce and Trevor Lawrence beat the same amount of top twenty five teams last year? Probably right. <laughs> um, yeah, it's. Uh, I can't wait for Chase Price to transfer somewhere. Um, Chase Price after after Devito leaves early for the NFL draft to transfer to grad tra- uh, grad transfer to Syracuse and beat Clemson and did his revenge. Um, no, so yeah, I, I I think Devito will be the headliner as you'd expect. But um, yeah, it'll be fun to hear to hear who's showing well. I think we we got some hints last season as to. Some of the guys wound up stepping up big, and and we have very high expectations for 2019. So hopefully, uh, hopefully they don't keep us in the dark too much because I think there is reason to share the excitement with the fans, especially as you're looking to make a big push and try to get things going. Really, like building the momentum of last fall. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm hoping that you know, for the blog standpoint, that we can just get some interviews and stuff. I know Babers is available starting like mid March um, after practice, like once a week. So yeah, I, I think that we can get. Even if though, even though we can't share much in terms of scheme or anything else, um, just getting some cool insights from people um, on the team w- would be pretty nice. Um, in less exciting football news, um, as I'm sure you saw the other day, uh, Coastal Carolina transfer uh, Jeffrey Gunter will not be showing up. He has opted out of his financial aid agreement and will be headed to NC State. I'm all for players doing whatever's right for them. I just hate that he's going to NC State. Yeah, I I, I forget exactly where he's from. I, I uh, Twitter. Durham, yeah. Yeah, so it's hard to really knock him. I'd much rather he go be going to Duke and not NC State, who we play every year. I was very excited for him to come. He you know was an all 
all Sunbelt player. Like, it's not every day you get that kind of transfer, and he kind of came out of nowhere, so it was very exciting for the few days we thought he was coming. Um, I'm glad we're giving him his release because it's the right thing to do. Uh, hopefully he does not give us hell for however many years he's eligible to play. Yeah, he's got two more years after this. Yeah, I, I would very much prefer he went somewhere else. Oh, well. Anyway. Who wants to rethink it? Like, I'm open <laughs> to that, too. I, I would agree. I, I, I mean, really, just go anywhere except for an Atlantic Division opponent um, would be my preference. But um, Before we head out here, I know it's a kind of a little bit of a shorter episode, but these things happen. Uh, SU's upcoming opponent, Wake Forest, Saturday. Um, if SU's going to go 2-1, and one, um, or especially if they're going to go 3-0, and oh, uh, this is a must. I think that this is the last remaining like bad loss that is on the current schedule. They could pick up another one maybe in the ACC tournament, depending on how the bracket falls. Dan, I, I, do you think there's any chance that SU loses this game? Oh, there's a chance. Well, yeah, I mean, th- th- this is serious. <laughs> Have you after followed all. this team? There is a chance. Uh, I wouldn't bet on it. This team has played... I think this team knows it's on the line. Um, they should go into this game. Honestly, I mean, it, this is very cliche, but they should honestly treat this game like it's a tournament game. Um, just don't, don't lock this thing up. If they beat Wake, I think it's it's the the NCAA tournament is is almost definitely a thing. Um, I don't want to mess with the at Clemson game. They are too pesky. Um, I know we handled them earlier in the year, but I just don't want that to be the game to decide it. Um, so yeah, let's get it done here and not worry too much heading into Selection Sunday. Wake's um, won two or three here. They've won two or three. They're not they're not awful. Like, we've been saying this all year. The bottom of the ACC this year is a lot better than it usually is. Yeah. Even if like there's that big group of teams that have like four wins in conference. Like those teams yeah. didn't beat. I mean, we've they've, a couple of them have beaten us. Well, well, there's but. no there's no miserably bad team. Like like right now, the worst team in the conference is Pitt, and they're not miserably bad by any stretch no, of the Pitt, imagination. Pitt's team on a on a game to game basis, like they're not they're not terrible. And Wake's Wake's I think probably the worst team. Like not going by conference standings, just like based on how things have played out this year, I think yeah. they're probably the worst team in the conference, but. They're, they're a lot better than the normal worst team in the ECC. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think we will win. I wouldn't pick against us by any stretch. Um, I think they'll they'll go down and, and play really hard. They've played well on the road. Um, it's a veteran team. They know what's at stake. But, uh, yeah, I just, I, I just hope everyone's very focused because um, you can't really take anything for granted with the Syracuse team. They, they, they are too, too streaky at times. But I, I think they'll win. I'm not too worried. This team has, I mean... The type of team that Wake Forest is, you know, the Miamis, the BCs, even better teams like Louisville, like we've we've beaten pretty handily. There's no reason we can't do it to Wake too. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think you know, obviously it's a road game, but I, I think Syracuse is. I think Syracuse is going to be focused enough. I think that they've they've looked really focused the last few games. Like, the, the, sure, there are a couple players on on Wake that could give us some problems, but, but yeah, I, I do think in general, like. This doesn't feel like the type of Syracuse team that drops this game. This does feel like this type of Syracuse team that makes it a little too interesting. But they don't feel like at this point, maybe the earlier in the year Syracuse did, but this orange team now does not seem like the squad that, that drops this game. And, and like you said, I don't want to mess with Clemson as, as a must win. I'd rather, I'd rather pick up the win here. Hopefully we beat Clemson. And then if we lose to UVA in the middle, whatever. You know, James pointed this out in some of his NCAA tournament articles um, on the blog. Like, this is really, again, our last chance for a bad loss. This would be Q3 loss. Uh, we can't really pick up any more of those. Uh, I know ODU's improved. Georgetown's been able to improve um, over time. But, yeah, I, uh, I, I don't want to pick up a bad loss. I'd much, rather, I'd much rather just win this, maybe beat Clemson, and then feel a whole lot better um, going into the ACC tournament and then, uh, you know, subsequently selection Sunday. Yeah, 
I think if we win this one, I'd put our NCAA tournament chances at like ninety percent, roughly. Like I, I feel pretty good about it, and um, obviously I'd like to just you, know, you win this in Clemson, and I think there's there's virtually no chance of missing. You you only win this one, and you're still like leaving probably a, a hair open in terms of like something you lose out and and some teammates a run or there's a couple bid stealers and things to get, get hairy. Um, yeah. But this one, you win this one, I, I think you still you're still in all likelihood going to get there, and that's that's the goal right now. So yeah, go down and take care of it, and and let's uh, let's not do the thing we've done so often. Just like not being in the bubble would be so nice and so refreshing, even if this year has been so up and down and hectic. It'd be, it'd be nice to say, like, and then if you pick up the Clemson win or pick up an ACC tournament win, which I think we will look pretty good in that first round or the first team that we're playing based on anyone there, except, you know, I think Georgia Tech would probably stare us based on how the first game went. But um, getting 20 wins in the regular season would be nice, too. Yeah, I, I think if we can get the 20 wins in the regular season, I think that should lock it up. Um, whether that comes in the next three games or comes via, you know, ACC tournament help, um, a- any of those are fine. I'm uh, as a career pessimist. I'm probably uh, probably trending a little bit lower on the like guaranteed stuff, just because of you know bid stealing and stuff like that. But nonetheless, um, I, I, I do agree with the with the, with the general idea that you know now that we have the Louisville uh, win in hand, as long as Louisville doesn't completely like collapse and, and Ohio State doesn't completely collapse, and like our odds, obviously, if the Buckeyes bad at the end of the season and they again, like you mentioned, they look good last night, um, Louisville can stick around well enough to, to stay around the top 25, but obviously not take our uh, seating in the ACC tournament. Like, that'd be nice. So uh, I, I, I'm tepidly endorsing the, the, the idea that one more win, especially if it's against Wake, just because it avoids the bad loss, should do it. But we'll, we'll see. When we check in next week, I think we'll have a much better idea of, uh, of how things are going to go since it's this game and the Wake Forest game. Uh, that should probably tell us a lot about where this team's looking um, you know, peering ahead to the to the uh, ACC tournament. Yep, and I will I will be up in Hughes uh, Sunday Monday for the Virginia game, so I'm looking forward to that. I don't think I've been up in Hughes since I think two years ago. It's been a, it's been too long, so very excited for that. If anyone's at the dome or out and about around campus those couple days, let me know. Um, definitely excited to get back up there because because it's just I've I've really slapped in my Hughes trips. It's been tough to. To make it, but uh, this Virginia game should be a fun one. Uh, if we win, like we did last time, I was at Hughes and we played Virginia, um, would be uh, one to remember, and that would definitely lock us in. Oh, but yeah. I'd like to not rely on it, as you said. Um, I would, I would much rather get this Wake Forest one underway and then not have to, uh, not have to worry about it too much. Yeah, has SU ever beat the number one and number two team in the same season? I, I has I would anyone not? I mean, some teams, I know that Mike Waters wrote that article like last week about if anyone's beaten the number one team twice in a season. But yeah, I, I don't know if anyone's ever beaten the one and two in the same season. I could tell you off the top of my head, I, I would bet Syracuse is not, though. Yeah, I, I would as well. Um, all right. Uh, I think we're good. Uh, Dan, unless you had any other remarks you wanted to share before we, uh, before we uh, signed off for the week. Um, I think the only thing I would say, uh, just because we haven't recorded since... Uh, a year ago, when Jane Behan on that car accident, um, somehow it was actually only six days ago, as of this recording. Uh, just want to give my thoughts to the Jimenez family uh, for their tragic loss. Um, obviously, we've all been supportive of Coach Beheim, uh, which he's obviously dealing with a lot. 
uh, and it's nice that the community's rallied around. Everyone involved, uh, just a horrific thing, but we're, we're thinking of everyone uh, there. So continue to keep them in your thoughts um, because I think that it last weekend, even with the loss to Duke, I think it really showed what this community can be at its best and why we, we really love Syracuse and the Orange fan base. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. You know, the thoughts, obviously, and they have been since, you know, last week, but the thoughts with the Jimenez family, given just the awful, tragic accident, and, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, the family's never going to find complete peace, but hopefully, um, you know, they've been able to find some closure in the in the fact that the community's been so supportive. Uh, on that note, uh, SU Wake Forest on Saturday uh, against Virginia on Monday. It's going to be a very interesting week. For those who don't subscribe for some reason uh feel free to do so make sure you download this episode rate review um any of those things any way you can interact with us is great helps uh you know us just look good from an seo standpoint and all that but yeah make sure you subscribe to troy noon's and absolute podcast you'll get this syracuse sports make me drink as well as unpeeling orange basketball with uh bobby and dylan but that was dan i'm john and uh thank you everybody everybody for listening and go orange go orange